0: Give us some men who know the truth and who will declare the truth and who will stand with
1: Athanasius and Polycarp and Calvin and Luther and Whitfield and Edwards
0: and who will declare from the housetops that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. serious
1: Because that's how this works. So we're here, and that means that it's not just me and the crazy voices in my head, unless you are just one of the crazy voices in my head. It might be me. That's a distinct possibility. I hadn't considered that before. Right. That's like um, years ago, I watched one of those, um, oh, you know those crazy, like, History Channel and National Geographic specials where they'll talk metaphysics and a bunch of stuff that doesn't make any sense, and they're all narrated by Morgan Freeman? Oh, yes. It's perfect. Yeah, Yeah, they had one of those, and this guy was trying to make the argument that if you're not actually aware of something— there's a good possibility that it doesn't exist. What? Yeah, so, like, if you're looking at the... it's like, you're looking at a dog. Okay. The dog is there. But if you look away from the dog, the dog is not there anymore.
2: So he doesn't exist. Correct. Oh. Ah. And I was just Until like... Until you get bit, right? And then... I was just like, that...
1: that that's just... So, yeah, so that was the argument in my house for the longest time, is any time my wife or I would be mad at each other, it would be like, no, I turned around. You don't exist anymore. You can't argue with me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Does that work? No, no. Okay, just... for either one to be perfectly honest I was with say, me. Man. I was gonna, so it's gonna say, man. Gonna we are here. That.
1: Life has not been in the way this week. <laughs> it's, it's been a few weeks, hasn't it? Yeah. So, and we're here to tell you that um, being ready shouldn't cause a headache. And you're going, huh? See, exactly. So we are going to have some fun today. I, because I'm weird, I don't watch the news. I watch the Weather Channel in the morning while I drink my coffee and even half the time I get mad at the Weather Channel. So (laughs) they lie to me. (laughs) But I do curate my news from Twitter. I have a handful of people that I follow. I get news stories. I keep up with things. And every once in a while something comes across and I'll be like, you know, that'd probably be a good podcast episode. And I'll bookmark it. Well... The problem with that is I come across news stories and different things, and there's just so many that a lot of the Twitter stuff gets put on the back burner so because it doesn't really justify a full half an hour, 20-minute discussion on. So it just gets pushed off to the side. So today we are going to fix that, and I'm going to be Dennis Hopper, and you're going to be Keanu Reeves, and I think that makes the listeners Sandra Bullock. like. Pop quiz hot shot! Do you remember that movie? That's what, That was his line always to, unless, well, now that I think about it, since I'm not the one coming up with the quiz, but Twitter is coming up with the quiz, does that make Twitter Dennis Hopper?
2: Yeah, it could be. Yeah. In which
1: case, I'm Keanu Reeves and you're Sandra Bullock.
2: Whoa. <laughs> I did not wear the right.
1: He's <laughs> like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We can both be Keanu Reeves and the people listening, they're Sandra Bullock. There it is. That'll work. All right, there we go. We'll have a whoa off later. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the Joey from Blossom. Whoa.
0: Whoa.
2: Well, unless they were like, what was that movie they were in? The two, Keanu Reeves and what was the other one? Oh, you said
1: about the Patrick Swayze one with Point Break? Uh, Point Break. No, 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 it was one of it was one of his oh, early movies,
2: oh, and he the, was the, he talked he, he did that. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he was contractually obligated for a while to do Oh, you know, but Bill and Ted That's it Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure Excellent Adventure, adventure. Socrates yeah. <laughs> Remember, they have to go back in time and Socrates. what's one of the dudes they get to yeah, Socrates. Socrates Yeah. Oh, Lord <laughs> They get crates and Abraham Lincoln and all that good stuff so. <laughs> Well, where are we? what's going on <laughs> okay we're in a room so we're gonna go through all of that in kind of pop quiz fashion so the joy of that will be in real time because I don't even remember what all of these are some of these go back to October of last year oh, wow. so I don't even remember what they all are so we're gonna go through them and think through them together and okay. we will we will come and reason together but before we do that let's lay a foundation which is going to come from second Peter chapter 2 because at the end of the day, when you're dealing with anything social media, you are, by definition, dealing with the social. See how that works? Yes, yes. So you uh, are dealing with those people out there. And there are some things we should always be reminded of about those people out there. Second Peter 2. False prophets also arose among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you. And keep in mind, this is coming off of Peter's layout of Scripture as the foundation. So because you have scripture, you have a solid foundation. You know the word of truth. You should be able to follow it. You should be able to understand it, and you should live your lives accordingly based upon it. But even with that knowledge, false prophets arose among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you, who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Well, that escalated quickly. All right, so um, don't follow false teachers, kids. False teachers are bad, and they'll send you to hell. There you go. There's swift the
2: destruction, yeah
1: but remember that they exist and they exist in every time in every place and always remember the rules of life um satan doesn't come dancing around in a dark red unitard wearing you know like a horn helmet and stabbing you in the butt with a pitchfork
2: right right that, that's what people th- that would mostly simpler, picture in their head yeah
1: but that would be a little too obvious instead he disguises himself as an angel of light hmm. did god really say it's all the little subtle twistings and these are the things that the world has done is doing and will do until jesus comes back always remember that for sure many will follow their sensuality and because of them the way of the truth will be maligned in other words humanity will follow to do what they want to do if it feels good do it man Mm. i mean we haven't been hearing that for 60 years in this country right right And in the process of doing that, if they have to undermine the truth, if humanity has to lie to itself and lie to you in order for you to justify the lust of their flesh and the lust of the eyes, I got bad news for you. They will do it, and they won't even feel bad about it because—I mean, you have to think of the sinner apart from Christ like a junkie.
2: And it always works that way. They always seek to justify themselves. If they ask Mm -hmm. you a question Uh and you tell them flat out what what you believe and why— they automatically think that your life's decisions to follow the scripture is you judging them.
1: Well, again, the junkie. Yeah. So look look at the drug addict and say, man, you know that's no good for you. And what will he tell you? Could yeah, you- you're right. I know. And I need to quit. And I need not do that. And I need to be paying attention. I, I thank you. I appreciate that, man. Meanwhile, he's going to do what? He's going to steal that 20 out of your car so that he can go buy more drugs. To tell me that's not sin, in, in, in effect, yeah. what do I need to say to you to get you to either allow me to do this or ignore me enough so you won't pay attention to me doing it? Welcome to sin in the world. It's it's that's like a really good analogy. It's like an addiction. So this is what they're going to do. The truth, the uh, the way of truth, will be maligned, and in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their judgment from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. So they will lie to you. They will sweet-talk you. They will tell you what you want to hear. They will, as Paul warned, scratch those itching ears. Remember, though, Christian, God's judgment that was proclaimed has not been forgotten. The standard has not been lost. Just because they haven't experienced it yet doesn't mean it isn't coming. Always remember that. And here's uh, Peter's example. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness reserved for judgment, again, that escalated quickly, and did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness, with seven others when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, and if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes, having made them an example to those who would live ungodly lives thereafter. I mean, you almost like at this point peter's like do i need to continue do i need to go on
2: yeah this is
1: (laughs) and if he rescued righteous lot oppressed by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men for by what he saw and heard that righteous man while living among them felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by their lawless deeds then the lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation so stop for a second
2: yeah
1: there's two applications to that in this context okay absolutely First, for you, Christian, yes, the world is evil. Yes, you are dealing with things. It feels like arrows are being fired at you from every direction. God has not forgotten you. If he can preserve Noah through the flood, if he can preserve Lot from the hellfire and brimstone coming down out of the sky, then he can preserve you from the angry insults of the world. Okay? Right, right. So stipulated? So stipulated. So it is written, so it shall be done. All right. Okay. All right. That's one. Number two if they have lied to themselves if they are lying to you if they are willing to enter into corruption and falsehood and deceit and say what needs to be said and do what needs to be done in order to feed their affliction they are not being rescued from their temptation which says what about their standing with god
2: yeah they're not right standing god is
1: able to rescue you and you are not being rescued. See the problem here. Mm-hmm. See the problem here. Okay, just want to make sure we covered that. This is the double side. This is the other side of this. That's a good point. They're not being judged because God has looked and be like, you know, man, I tried, and you know, I'm Lincoln Park over here. I tried so hard and I got so far, and in the end, it doesn't really matter. See, it's, it's yeah, good. That, it's good. It's that's good. That's that's not playing a, in my head again. Yeah, that is not the theme song of the Holy Spirit. That's that's just not. No. It's one of those intentional comedy moments in the Bible. You always know these are my favorite verses, like when Jesus comes down. Um, the mountain, was, uh, the Mount of Transfiguration in Mark, mm-hmm. and the 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 man with the demon possessed son, and the disciples have tried and they can't cast out the demon, and the kid's rolling around and frothing at the mouth, and the guy looks at Jesus and goes, "If you can help him," and he goes, "If," mm-hmm. and we always make that a big deal because we always read that in human terms, like, "What do you mean, if? Who do you think I am?" Mm-hmm. It's not Jesus being indignant; it's a question of the man's faith. You're asking me to help. Do you think I can help you or not? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Who that's, are you asking? That's 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 the right perspective. Who yeah. are you asking to help you? And right. that's when always remember the man's response. I believe. Help yep, my, my unbelief. unbelief.
2: Yep. That's one of my favorite parts. Yeah.
1: It's like, look, 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 I I'm think... in. But if I'm not in, do me a favor yeah. and get me in. <laughs> get me in. That that's the story of the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not man, I tried and I really, I really, really wish that I could do something for you. That's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is I got this and our response is I know you got this the problem is I don't
2: (laughs) yeah right I mean sometimes we say things we say yes I believe but then sometimes some of our actions always kind of kind of show that we don't really fully understand or believe
1: amazing pick your Bible metaphor yes that is what life looks like East of Eden that Mm -hmm. is what life looks like this side of the veil Pick your metaphor that's the reality of humanity which is again why your salvation and your standing in the throne room of God doesn't rest upon you. it rests upon his accomplishment, right. and his decree about who you are. Yeah. So keep that in mind as we go to verse 10. And especially those who indulge the flesh in its corrupt desires and despise authority. those two things always go together. Always, remember the motto of the sinner. What are they doing there, shaking their fist at God, who they are rejecting? It's the, it's the lie. Ye be like God. I will ascend to the Most High. I will do this. We will. My favorite Psalm, Psalm two. I will cast off his fetters. I will rule. These are always the same. These are the arguments. This is what sin does. This was the, Adam and Eve. It, it, it'll make us wise. We'll be like God. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, wouldn't God want this for us because He loves us? And if He loves us, wouldn't <sighs> He want us to yeah. have this wonderful thing and to have this wisdom? The sin and to of the be, flesh. But think about think about that argument. It's fleshly.
2: It, oh, would, I know, Wouldn't but, he
1: want us to be happy? But how many times has that argument been made? Oh, it's, it's done every day. I need to take this medication, or I need to take this, what I call a medication, it's really a drug, I need to take this because it makes me happy, and wouldn't God want me to be happy? I need to have sex with that person,
0: even mm. though
1: God says it's wrong, because that's what makes me happy, and wouldn't God want me to be happy? I need to live out this calling in my life because it's what makes me happy, and wouldn't God want me to be happy? This is the argument for every bad theology.
2: Yeah, I was talking to another senior pastor, and... He was doing marital counseling with a couple, and the husband was stepping out on the wife, and his response was almost verbatim. "I, You know, wouldn't God want me to be happy? Uh-huh. You know, that's why I have a mistress, because I'm not happy at home, and wouldn't God want me to be happy? Yes. The,
1: I can quote the Bible verse. That's why I must put on the new man. <laughs> <yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so quick. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so I yeah, I could it's, have been it's, a good
1: heretic. I really could have. I think i I can get the preacher voice going, and the Lord has a told that you <laughs> I could have had fun on TVN if it weren't for that pesky conscience thing. <laughs> pesky. We'd have a private jet. Our podcast would you listen to it by more people. Come on now. <laughs> Just gotta sear that conscience a little bit harder. <laughs> what could go wrong?
2: Oh my goodness! Yeah. Uh,
1: but, but as silly as those examples sound. Those I, are real arguments made by real people.
2: Exactly, that's my point. It's like, are you kidding me? That's that's your argument for mm-hmm. breaking your vows to to God and well, your wife.
1: Yes, because I want to. And at the end of the day, if I want to, who are you to tell me no? Right. Well, I'm right. the I'm the creator and sustainer of all creation. So, I mean, that's our argument, isn't it?
2: Right. Exactly. That's so
1: And and that—now, the reason why we're using this is this is the foundation that underlies all of sin, not some of sin, all of sin. It's either an angry fish shaking at God or it's a desire to justify that which I want. Now— the reason that's so important for you to get into your head is because as we go through some of these things, and I don't know how many we're getting through, but we'll just have fun and go through. We might spend five minutes on all of them, we may spend a minute on all of them, we may spend an hour on one of them and not get to another one, which is we'll just do this again another time. Okay. It'll be fun. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> if you have that foundation in mind, you will be able to evaluate the things of this world quickly and simply rather than try to debate on the particular merits of each individual sin. To try to train yourself to get to the foundation to why is that good? Why is that desirable? Why should we—excuse me—why should we overthrow X number of years of, of biblical tradition in order to agree with that? It? Is It's to try to get down to the foundational levels of the arguments that people are making to see them not in the place of this particular sin, but to see them in the grand narrative of sin. Yes, I'm arguing you should generalize people a little bit more because there's a reason stereotypes exist. Right. They're mostly accurate.
2: Yeah, they can be.
1: You hate to say that, but they're mostly accurate. They come from somewhere. I didn't say they're all accurate. I didn't say they're accurate all the time. They're mostly. Terms and conditions may apply. Your mileage may vary, you know.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm waiting for the other to drop. Four ninety nine shipping and handling. Yeah, yeah.
1: But I mean, but I'm serious. This is why stereotypes are what they are, is because they're general observations about the world. Understanding generalities and basic understandings of scripture and how the world operates will help you kind of align things into general categories, so that you can then deal with specifics. I'm not telling you not to deal with specifics. I'm just telling you to make sure you're putting them in the right categories first. Hmm. Make sense? Yep. Okay. Shall we try the pop quiz then? Okay. Let's do this. Okay. Let's see. This is from some dude named Luke. I'm going to go with some dude named Luke simply because that's the name in his little bio. He's Which is the blue, pink, and white flag? Is that the trans flag? Blue, pink, and... <laughs> the blue, and then it's pink, and then it's white in the middle. Isn't that the trans flag? I think so. He's got that in his bio. So that's probably not a good sign blue is googling quickly the flag yeah i'm trying to figure out that's the trans one right
2: yeah it's transgender flag yep. okay you're so right he's, a, he's yeah. got the trans flag it's the one that was proposed in 1999 it says here
1: okay all right this one is hang on one Could two have changed, three but is this the one Yeah, yeah yeah that's the one yeah. yep okay so this is i think four or five tweets long it's a little thread so stop okay. me if we need to get to something that wasn't clear and we'll go over it okay got it the reactionary christian feti- feti- fetishization if i could read the reactionary christian feti- fetish fetishization why can i not say that this is word a tough fetishization word. Fetishization. There we go. Look at that. The reactionary Christian fetishization of the straight nuclear family, male control of women, adult control of children, gender essentialism, dynasty building in bloodlines is so fundamentally anti-Christian it makes me see red. That's one tweet of five. Do we need to pause there? That's that's a little bit to unpack, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So as so his argument is Christians have fetishized. The straight nuclear family. Now, why, pray tell, would we think that that's important? Just out of morbid curiosity. I don't know. Maybe because Second Peter one, it's actually the presentation of how humanity is supposed to work. Right. And without the straight nuclear family, then you know maybe like the entirety of civilization breaks down.
2: Yeah, they're tired of absolutes. That's what. That, now, I think that that boils down to. But.
1: Now I'm going to make a distinction. Okay. Okay. I'm going to pause here. I don't think the American I don't think the Western Christian focus on the nuclear family is healthy. Because I don't think the Western definition of the nuclear family is correct. Does that make sense? Okay. So when I this say is not nu- based off the right when I view. say nuclear family, what do you assume? Cause there's a technical definition. I want to make sure we cover this. So when I say nuclear family, what do you assume? What do you hear? <clears throat>
2: I don't know. I don't, use, I don't hear that term very often, to be honest with you. The
1: technical definition of nuclear family mm-hmm. is husband, wife, 2.5 kids, dog, and the suburbs okay. type of okay. thing. That's not the Christian definition of family, though. Christian understanding is much more connected to a generational understanding. Grandparents, grandchildren, aunts and uncles, and things like that. What we would call extended family. Now, should they have the same priority as your nuclear family in your household? Probably not, but should they be excluded from your household? Also, probably not. Right. So I'm just gonna make that little distinction. Whenever, whenever I think Lou and I are referring to the family, we're not just assuming husband, wife, and kids. We're assuming multi generational influence.
2: That, that's what I would. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I
1: know you are, so yeah. I'm just making sure that that's clear for everybody else. So male control of women, because we believe that. Get in the kitchen, woman. You know, get them <laughs> shoes
2: off, get that dinner started. <laughs> barefoot pregnant in the kitchen if
1: that's not a straw man Ouch. of the understanding of headship and complementary and understandings then i don't really know what is it's not male control of women adult control of children yes yes no i'm i'm taking i am taking the straw man on this one should adults in a family be in charge of children yes
0: yeah
1: yes No, I don't care if my four-year-old thinks they're a Transformer this week. I'm still in charge. I'm the adult. That's just – when did that become controversial? I'm curious. When did that become controversial? Well, you know, they're seven, and they they feel like they're a unicorn this week, so we're taking them in for grafting surgery. We're going to stick a rhinoceros tusk on their face. I mean, when, when did that become a thing?
2: I don't know, but it's out of hand. My my son, he's a goofball, and he decided he was going to identify as an eagle one week. So he bought a hat with some some wings to cover his ears. Did
1: you take him and throw him off a cliff? No. <laughs> that missed opportunity. I would have missed <laughs> that. I totally
2: missed that opportunity. You see, you were this close. And, and then and then he wanted to wear a wig to school because he he thought that was funny looking. Mm-hmm. And so the school got was concerned. They wanted to know if we need trans. Yes, that's exactly where it <laughs> went. They wanted to know if they needed to make some arrangements. So I'm like.
1: This world is crazy. Children are not adults. Right. Children should not be allowed to make adult decisions. Children should not be allowed to make a lot of decisions without adult input. Well,
2: I got to say, I think some of these adults should not be allowed to make decisions for well, children, too.
1: Agreed. But at the same token, if you're going to make me err on one yeah. side or the other in general, I'm going to err on adults telling kids how it is.
2: In general, yes. Okay. Yes, that, that works. But, man, some of these parents
1: are oh, Gender so Gender essentialism. Yes, genders are essentially fixed by God. That's just yeah, if you're a dude, you're a dude. If you're a chick, you're a chick, and that's the end of this discussion. Right. Okay, just making sure. Dynasty building. I don't care. With this there is there is in conservatism this idea of legacy and how important it is. I don't think it's as important as we make it out to be. Okay. Do I want my kids to be discipled? Yes. If that discipleship does not extend to the fifth and sixth generation, you know who's not going to care? Yep. Me, because I'm going to be dead. And that will be a failure on my part. That will be a failure on someone else in the chain who didn't disciple the kids after I died. Mm-hmm. Makes sense? Yeah. Bloodlines. Okay, so I'm going to lump that in with dynasties. Now, he thinks this is anti-Christian. You ready for why? <clears throat> well, let's hear it. The cultural world in which, in which Christianity was born, like most human societies ever, was organized around kinship ties, with sex and reproduction as the fundamental social bonds, and with patrilineage lineage as the primary antidote to mortality and vulnerability. Hmm. I'm going to go with definitely, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think he's elevating sex and reproduction in the general form above what it would deserve and what i mean by that is i think we have a tendency to view all of human history through nobility so if you were a noble family in any culture would it be important for you to have an heir that carries on the lines and things like that yes if you're in a poor sharecropping family or peasant family is that as vital Probably not. I mean, would you like it? Sure. But are you thinking in terms of we must carry the family name?
2: Man, I, I come from a really traditional Italian family. That was a really important thing, to have a son and to carry on your name. So I, Yes, but yeah.
1: that's not an ancient invention.
2: Italians go all the way back to Christ, man. <laughs>
1: yeah, and it's your fault. I uh, See, I'm only a quarter Italian, so I can blame you people. Oh, you people. <laughs> I'm more Irish, so... But again, the Irish have a dis- have the same thing, distinct ethnic Right, we got to be careful not to English. view
2: history through our lenses, but through the lenses that it would have been viewed and, during that period. Yes, and that's and, sometimes hard to figure out, but yeah.
1: And I think that's part of the breakdown here. Christianity overhauls that with a thick constellation of ideas – Resurrection, not reproduction, as the answer to death. Relation to God, not social location, as a person's core identity. And crucially, friendship, not family, as the fundamental social bond. To which I would say, yes, yes, and yes. Okay. Should we not be focused on resurrection over reproduction? Yeah. Should we not be focused on relation to God as opposed to social mobility and social standing?
2: We should be... uh... Seeking relationship with God, yeah.
1: Should we not be focused on the family of God over the immediate family? I mean, isn't well, that isn't there that,
2: are passages that say if you don't forsake your mother, your brother, you're not fit for the kingdom.
1: That doesn't the gospel cause those divisions. What's more important? What's yeah, more but, important? Should <laughs> I pres? Would I preserve my relationship with my child if it cost me my relationship with God?
2: Right, that's a very fine distinction there. But I think families are very well protected I in the scriptures. Agreed. I'm not, ma- I I'm not making okay. the
1: argument that you should cut off children. But I'm right. saying, if I had to, and I can't come up with a scenario where I think that would be realistic. Uh-huh. But if I've got to make the decision between God and children, what am I choosing? God, of course. So, It has yes, to be. It has yes, to be. Yes, this is not a mischaracterization. This is not a breakdown to say that friendship over family this is the reorienting of society in a gospel-centered direction that the gospel does
2: yeah yeah i'm I'm with you
1: see this is what i mean when i say subtle twistings, he's playing on the heartstrings now again christian i mean if your kids looked at you and said you know what we're just not talking to you anymore as long as you keep praying and reading your bible (laughs) Hmm. okay i love you i'll miss you bye you see what i'm getting at mm-hmm. now that's a weird argument but where would that problem lie would that be like i cannot believe you cut off your children for your relationship to your god no my kids cut me off see the difference mm-hmm. i didn't have to cut anything off the the chaff has separated itself from the wheat in that situation
2: interesting analogy yeah
1: yep. because that's how this is supposed to go so do you see the false dichotomies that are being drawn here already? i do i do it goes so far that you get all that intense anti-marriage and anti-sexuality stuff which sucks and we should critique now but it's really important to understand where it was coming from conceptually not originally a rejection of the body but of the family that's such a word out I almost don't even know what that means
2: yeah i'd have to read <clears> So that you a get of times. all the
1: anti-marriage anti-sexuality stuff remember what he when he when he says anti-marriage anti-sexuality he means not trans-affirming, you, know, you evil, bigoted Christians who aren't trans-affirming, gay-affirming, all of that. Okay. So that comes with all of that. It, he doesn't want to critique that because it's more important to understand that it comes from a concept of Christian rejection of the body and the family, as it should have been defined, and the body as it should have been defined. So what he's doing is he's actually importing old paganism. Be concerned with the pleasures of your flesh. Be concerned with your... Bloodlines, be concerned with your legacy in the world, and be less concerned with godliness. That's a direct repudiation of the scriptural stance throughout all time. What was supposed to be the legacy of the people of God in Israel? It was supposed to be a legacy of faithfulness.
0: Right.
1: It wasn't supposed to be a legacy of, Oh, look, we made it 500 years in the land. It was supposed to be a legacy of faithfulness to God, trust in him. Preservation that he has wrought because of your trust in him.
2: But <laughs> five hundred years in the land would have been like, okay, so you must have been faithful because every time you weren't, you were out of that land.
1: And but that's my but that's my point. Yeah. The, the problem right. was Israel was granted that. Yeah. And who did they give credit to for? Yeah, their Th- own themselves. righteousness. Yeah. Yeah. This is the breakdown. Yeah. This is the problem. <laughs> and so what you're seeing right here, this is an example. Yeah. This is a subtle twisting. A subtle undermining of the scriptures. We're, just re- we're substituting the new morality, as he defines it, for the old paganism. And we're trying to explain to you how the old paganism was good, and how you Christians have corrupted the old paganism. To which we should say, yeah, we did. That, <laughs> wait for it, that was the point of the Gospel, <laughs> was to corrupt the old paganism. To undermine it and destroy it and bury it upon the ash heap of history. The fact that you're trying to return to it is not a condemnation of the scriptural morality. It is a condemnation of your own heart. Hmm. Last part of this. Anyway, it's boring – he puts that in caps – to keep rehashing this conversation – at the level of are the gays allowed or not when we could be talking about what it might mean for us today that the gospel organizes our social lives around neighbors and friends in explicit distinction from fathers and sons what does that even mean i mean i know what he's arguing he's for. going to try to steal the definitions right. see see your but gospel he's so your gospel breaks down the family and substitutes it with the people of god mhm our gay community does what? Okay. It breaks down the family but gives you a better relationship to these people who are just like you and who understand you. In other words, the, the Rainbow Mafia has just come alongside to try to replace the church and poach off the people and give you that structure that you know you're supposed to have but that you are missing. Mm. It's subtle. Twisting. Angel of light. Did mm. God really say? Now... <clears throat> none of that is hard to dissect if you understand what about people that they're broken Mm -hmm. that they're angry at God and that they will lie to you but they're not going to lie to you you're not uh, just like Satan doesn't start out in like the red unitard with the horns and the pitchfork the gay rights groups didn't just show up like naked on the streets and be like we want to do whatever we want they started out with what?
2: Haven't been to California. <laughs> Haven't been to a gay pride parade. Yeah, they weren't. That's exactly they, what they're doing. They are, but yeah. they
1: didn't start there.
2: <laughs> no, go, no, I get your point, but yeah, you're right. You're go, right. Go I back. Get your point, go but. back
1: to the public marches in the '70s and the '80s, mm-hmm. and go look at the footage. They didn't start there. Okay. They started as what? They would flat out tell you, "No, we tried to keep those freaks in the back of the parade so that when the news crews were there, what would they show?" Mm-hmm. They would look, these clean-cut, lovely people, nice haircuts, look like they could be your They look lawyer. like one of you. Yeah, Yeah. this could be your lawyer or the guy who bags your groceries, and, and we're just like you, and what do we want? We just want to be free to love. Mm-hmm. Don't you want us to love? <laughs> they did. Yeah, I know. Tell I, me they didn't. I know it. You're right. You're right. What did the trans groups do? Did they show up be like, hey, let's castrate your kids? No, that's who they are today. Where did they start 15 years ago? look, 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 look. We, we don't want that child fate, to commit suicide. Man. We want that child to live and be fulfilled and to have a long life and to express who they are. Don't, don't you want them to be happy? Don't you want them to love themselves? And next thing you know, you got mom in the corner going, yes, I want that for my baby, please, yes, yes, yes.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And now they're like, let's castrate the kids, man. I mean, this, they're, they're Beetlejuice we've come for your daughter, Chuck. I mean, that's what's going on here. That this This is the argument right here. You can, you pictured Michael Keaton suddenly, didn't you? I did. They're making a sequel to that, by the way.
2: Oh, that's gonna be epic is, is Michael Keaton? I don't in know yet? if he's
1: in it or not. The the I just saw it quick scrolling through. Oh, the my woman goodness. who's doing the new Wednesday Addams show yeah, is yeah. gonna play um, when Winona Ryder's daughter. Okay. So remember, Winona Ryder was the kid from the first movie. So she's apparently gonna be growing up and have a kid. But you have to have um, Alec Baldwin and who's the other woman? Gina Davis in it because they're they were sentenced to like a hundred years in that house. Yep. So why do I know this much about Beetlejuice?
2: I don't know. It was an epic movie. I think it was. It yeah. was that good. It's so funny.
1: I I actually enjoyed Beetlejuice. So anyway, yeah. Beetlejuice. 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 No, so there okay. You did it. So there's the end of Luke. All right. This is you ready for number two? Yes. All right. This is Reverend Chow. C A I O. Isn't that Chow? No, C I A O is Chow. C. What's the So this would be cow. Uh huh. I don't know. K O. Yeah. Okay, Reverend something-or-other, Lucas Santos. There you go. Paul had zero interest in Jesus' earthly life or sayings. And yet, Paul is the guy whose theology we interpretively adopted to form the foundation of Western religion. Is it any wonder we ended up with a Christless Christianity?
0: (laughs) That's awesome!
1: That's awesome. Can you can you repeat that? Yeah, you're going to like this. Paul had zero interest in Jesus's earthly life or sayings. Wow. Okay, should we just start there?
2: Wow. Man, that that's just
1: I don't say to you, but the Lord says, yeah, is literally what Paul tells the Corinthians. Paul expounds on who Jesus is, going all the way back. Okay,
2: follow me as I follow Christ. But you know what the um, fundamental um,
1: breakdown here is? If you were going to quote the majority of Jesus' earthly life and sayings, what books would you quote from?
2: The yeah, Gospels. Yeah. Yeah.
1: When Paul's writing his letters, how many of those Gospels are written? Oh, uh, Mark. I mean, maybe Matthew. Yeah. But keep in mind... Uh, Mark, for okay. sure. So Matthew, see, all right, I am a Mathean priority person. You think, yeah, you think it's the so, priority person? And line? I put Matthew mid to late 50s. All the way into the early 60s, okay? But with that said, Galatians, 49 AD, um, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, 1st uh, and 2nd Thessalonians, early 50s, early mid-50s, they're all written before any of the Gospels would be written. Is Paul supposed to be quoting Luke when Luke doesn't exist yet? Mm-mm. Luke's not going to get written until Paul has been shipwrecked and landed in Rome.
2: Right makes sense it's pretty good it's a pretty good way to lay that out people don't often think so of that.
1: paul's supposed to just be walking around quoting all these quotations of jesus but did he have them on his coffee mug so that he could remember them all verbatim no, paul does what paul explains who jesus is because jesus can be clearly seen where in the scriptures as paul would have understood them at the time which would have been what what we call the old testament not to mention the fact that explaining the work of god is by definition explaining the work of who Anybody? Anybody? Jesus? Mm-hmm. Because Jesus, wait for it, is God. Yeah. That's what John is proving in his gospel. That's what Hebrews is trying to prove. That's what Paul explicitly is laying out in right. his letter. And this is this is fascinating that Paul has zero interest in Jesus' earthly life. He's his entire his entire library is a laying out of the Jesus' inter- entire ministry with humanity.
2: I mean, he got stopped dead in his tracks. He was persecuting the church beyond...
1: Explaining that Jesus was the Christ. Well, well, before well Paul before
2: Paul, yeah. before Paul became yeah. the prolific writer that we know him, he was persecuting Christ. If he wasn't interested in what Christ had to say, that incident where yeah. he was blinded and... But keep and, in and, mind,
1: now, why was Paul persecuted? Because every day he's showing up at the synagogue and doing what? Proving that Jesus is the Christ from the Scriptures. Right, right exactly. So we have no interest in Jesus. It's just the entirety of Paul's ministry is it's proving who Jesus is, is. Centered on it. Okay, and yet, Paul is the guy whose theology we interpretively adopted to form the foundation of Western religion. Paul's theology yeah, is Jesus' theology. That. But Paul's theology is Jesus' theology. Is James's theology? I preach through James. Go dig it up on YouTube, or it's it's in. Pod mean it's in the guy it's in the you know the the chronology here. If you're listening to this, scroll back. James is in there, okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, how many times did I go? And by the way, James didn't just come up with a set of thin air. This is what Jesus said, and this is what Peter taught, and this is what Paul taught. Right, and you can see the connections.
2: Yeah, for somebody to make that kind of a statement, that is very bold. But I got to be honest with you. In my undergraduate studies, there were books that we were mandatory reading list, and. One of them was, you know, about Paul being the leader of Christianity, the one who created Christianity.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's that's an argument that they like to make. Let me yeah. see, let me see if there's anything fun in this guy's bio. Uh, bio. Let me see. Faith with doubt and curiosity. M. Div. Theologian, writer, and poet. Brazilian-American author. The road of deconstruction. Yeah, he, I him. see that. The road of deconstruction. He him. Yeah. So yeah, anytime you see a pronouns in the bio. So yeah, the road of deconstruction. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong when we're just gonna go bring deconstructionism into biblical understanding? So yeah, is it any wonder we ended up with a Christless Christianity? We didn't. Right. Without That's amazing. For the wisdom of the cross is we preach Christ and him crucified. How is that Christless? The wisdom of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing, but those are being saved. It is the power of God. I am not a saved to the gospel of Christ, is the power of God into salvation. We do, we do, we do, we do.
2: Yeah, I, I have determined to know nothing, nothing but Christ, but Christ, in Christ and, him, and crucified. him crucified. I mean, yeah.
1: have I missed a? I feel like I missed a meeting.
2: Yeah, Thank yeah. This, this is so far from Paul's writings oh, <laughs> I, okay. I, I, I'm wondering what what is he reading? Is he reading the right Paul? Oh, okay. good grief! That is that is
1: a strange statement. Oh, all right. Do you want one more? Yes. I tell you what, one more because then I have a fun one. All right. I have a fun one that we will all laugh at and enjoy. Okay. All right. I'm so this is not it though. <laughs> okay. This is Jack Turbin, MD. What is this? He's got a trans flag, a brain, and a pride flag in his bio. I'm disappointed. No Ukraine flag. Uh, uh. Come on. What is he an MD of? Hold up. I think he's- director of gender Psychiat- psychiatry program UCSF, Harvard, Yale Med, Stanford alum man he checks all the boxes trans youth mental health research health policy views mind and not medical advice oh boy you're gonna love this one (coughs) anti-lgbtq fact check of the day you ready yeah that's him okay yeah this is a tweet from march Um, Allowing a child to socially transition, explore with pronouns, name, other domains of gender expression, doesn't make kids more trans or more likely to persist in trans identity. It doesn't? What? So allowing kids to explore pronouns, so, you know, instead of a he, him, you're now a she, her, allowing that doesn't make them more trans. No, 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 not in the least. Like, telling your child they are a Transformer when they're not a Transformer does not encourage them to act like a Transformer.
2: Is this some kind of a Jedi mind trick? I think so. Yeah.
1: This is not the ideology you are looking for. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's um, just strange. Forcing children into gender boxes merely promotes shame, damaged relationships between therapist and child, and damaged relationships between parents and children. See, see, see? You bigot. Mm. If you would just let these children explore, you wouldn't be confirming their identity. But when you demand they conform to reality... You're hurting them. Now stop it. That's insane. Again, though, what's the argument here? Truth is a lie, and the lie is truth.
2: Seems like there's a Bible verse about that
1: Woe to them who call evil good and good evil. Right. Yeah. Um, it's Isaiah 5 and Romans 1, kids, if you want to play along at home, have fun with that. Um, but notice the subtle twisting. Yeah. You comporting with a God-given reality, that's the problem. You allowing them to explore the delusion, that's good. It won't confirm anything. It'll just be like, you know, pretending something. Also, to be very clear, having a goal of a child growing up to be cisgender is unethical.
2: Oh, man. There's, yeah, that word is getting thrown around a lot. As clearly stated by the
1: American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry and the American Psychiatric Association. See, you parent, you parent that wants your children to align with reality... To honor God, to submit to Him, and follow His precepts and live fruitful lives in this world—that's unethical.
2: How long ago was it when the American Psychological Association deemed homosexuality as a mental disorder? Wasn't was that long ago? No,
1: it was the five, wasn't it? Wasn't it DSM five? DSM four still had it as a mental disorder, I think.
2: Yeah, See, but when was that? It was. That's two thousand. Um, Right, so it's 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 not that far off. Because when I was
1: a kid, I think my dad had a DSM-3 that we used to read stuff in and look up whenever we got bored. Yeah. And so I want to say that was the 80s or 90s version. I want to say early 2000s was the DSM-4. The DSM-5 isn't 10 years old yet, is no. it? No. I don't think so. And I think it's the 5, which you want to talk about brokenness. I think it's the DSM-5 that um, if you if your spouse dies and you are still sad two weeks later that is officially clinical depression. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. There's a pill for that. All right. Yeah. No. Yeah, back to your foundations. Subtle twisting. Yeah. What was up is now down and what was down is now up. You having yeah, godly aspirations for your child right. is now defined as sin in their worldview. Well,
2: see the problem is is, is I think the world's upside down. They're identifying with mm-hmm. sin and the nature of sin rather than their Savior and His nature.
1: Now, why is the world upside down, though?
2: Well, it's the it's noetic effect of the fall. Romans 3. Yeah. If, right.
1: if you want one Bible verse, Romans 3, I think it's verse 18. Mm-hmm. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Yeah. So what happens? Yeah. Indulging in the lusts of the flesh, indulging in whatever we desire, perverting the truth, undermining reality, lying to ourselves and demanding that others would do the same in order to confirm our delusions. Why? Mm-hmm. Because there's no fear of God before our eyes. Because what's... Just like in Noah's day. Look, there's been no judgment. Yeah. What's Peter's reminder? Just because it hasn't come yet doesn't mean it isn't coming. Christian, right. they can't notice that. But Christian, you must remember that. You must stand firm because at the end of the day, you will all answer to God. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to answer for my stuff. I want to answer for Jesus' work. <laughs> I want to say, no, oh, no, 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 no. See, I'm bad, but I'm with him. Yeah, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with the guy who died and, and bled and, and rose again. I'm with that guy. That's my standing. That's my goodness. That's my righteousness. That's why I'm in. Now, anything else is going to try to justify itself. And again, it will lie. It will cheat. It will steal. It will take your last $20 to get that next high if mm. it has to, coming full circle on my analogies. It does. And th- now, now, keep in mind, though, notice how quickly you can undermine all of these problems just by knowing what? A Little bit of understanding of your Bible mm-hmm. and how the foundations are supposed to work. Now who wants a laugh? I do. We need a laugh. And yeah. we very rarely end on something good. All right. Um, I don't even know who this guy is either. This is um Matt Kennedy. This Matt? is Matt. Matt, yeah. Matt. This is some always oh, an Anglican, a reformed Anglican. They do exist. And that's like the Easter bunny of religions right there. You can't find one of those.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Okay. This is long, but it's worth it, okay? I don't remember all the details of this, but I remember that it's worth it. It has recently come to our attention that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have put forward the argument that any Israelite who bows down to King Nebuchadnezzar's golden statue has departed the faith and become apostate. We do not know who appointed these three extremely wealthy and privileged men to stand over everyone else and act as though their personal opinion should be the rule everyone follows. But here are 11 reasons why you can bow down to the statue and still love the Lord. Oh, I thought we were... uh... This is tongue firmly planted in cheek. No, this is satire. This is satire. Okay. Number one, bowing down to the golden statue doesn't necessarily mean that we have to worship the statue in our hearts. We should bow down to communicate solidarity and love to our neighbors instead of judgment and intolerance. (laughs) Okay. Number two, if we do not bow down to the statue, our neighbors will dismiss us as too rigid and will not listen to us as we share our faith. (laughs) Tell me you haven't heard these arguments. Yes, I have. Number three. Nebuchadnezzar has been set over us by God's sovereign will. Shouldn't we obey the Lord's servant as an expression of our humility before God? Wow. Number four. Can we be sure what the phrase, you shall have no gods before me, really means? Arguably, this golden statue is not a god, but even if it were, bowing down to it would not necessarily mean putting this particular god before the Lord. Why such a narrow interpretation?
2: (laughs) Hmm. This guy is snarky. This guy's good. Yeah. Number
1: five. Also, that we are to make no graven images doesn't really apply here since we're not the ones who made it. (laughs) 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 I thought you'd like that one especially. Oh, Lord. Number six. What about the younger generation? Our Israelite teenagers and young adults are learning new ideas from their Babylonian teachers and friends. If we refuse to bow to the Golden Statue, we risk losing our young people who will who will see us as exclusionary and narrow-minded. Tell me that one's not being made with the trans kids all the oh, time. Oh,
2: man, yes. Number
1: seven. When the Messiah comes, he'll gather the nations, and the Lord's house will be a house of prayer for all. Does that necessarily mean that everyone will pray to God by the same name? This statue may be one of the ways the Lord reveals himself to the nations. Wow. That's awesome. Wow. Number eight. The law of Moses was written almost 900 years ago. It was only found during Josiah's reign. Are we supposed to believe this is what Moses originally wrote? Shouldn't we expect it to have been shaped by scribes over the centuries to reflect the needs of their own times? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Blue's like, I read that book. This thing blew my mind. This is,
2: I mean, it's like we're reading... From yeah, yeah. our our culture right now. Yes. These are the ideas floating around. This
1: this would have been this is now this Some of what, that sounds like straight out of what Joel
2: Olstein's like. mouth.
1: Now imagine if you took these idiotic worldviews and tried to impart them back into Daniel three. That's what this would look like. Right, right. Number nine, on that note, the context of our present exile is so radically different than the context of the wilderness in Sinai. We know so much more now about the nations around us, and doesn't it seem that some of what we read in the law is inconsistent with what we now know? yeah yeah so number 10 yeah why is moses given such prominence he wrote from a a position of privilege we hear nothing from women slaves or foreigners the requirement that we not bow to idols is embedded in a system that silences the voices of the oppressed (laughs) this guy is good number 11 our Israelite neighbor, who's very devout, kind, and learned, plans to bow down when he hears the music. He's a wonderful person who loves the Lord, but happens to also love other expressions of the divine. How can we say that the Lord would condemn such a good person?
0: Isn't
1: that the liberal Christian argument over everything? Yes, I, I, I'm just I'm flabbergasted right now. For all these reasons, after much prayer and seeking the Lord's will, we encourage you to love your neighbors, respect their beautiful culture, and, as an act of holy solidarity, bow down to the golden statue that the most excellent Nebuchadnezzar has made. Send that. Send that to me.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't seen any of these posts yet. I mean, it's just no, 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 and that was off int-
1: the cuff. Yeah, that was intentional. I wanted to, I wanted to uh, allow you to to have that, and you know. Initial response. Yes. Full punch. Yeah, I mean, today, I mean, I'll have to find a way to say Anybody send who's
2: listened to any kind of t- televangelist or whatever, maybe has heard Joe Olstein. And one of his famous sayings is, You might be surprised who you find next to you in the kingdom of heaven. You know, Which like is Muslims and whatever.
1: But, th- but, now, see why I said we needed something funny to the end, yeah. though? Because yeah, yeah. that encapsulates the silliness of the modern world. Yeah, that's where Any, we're at right now, Anything exactly. that can be mocked that easily is not something that should be followed. Now, what does that idea lead, what do those ideas lead to? It leads to those other tweets we talked about. Mm. So I said we had 11. I think we got through four, okay. which is probably more than I thought we did. So we'll have to do this again sometime. Okay. So we are out of time now, though, because I have a Bible study to get to, and i got to eat some food first. Okay. So what have we learned here today, children? The world is broken. Yeah. I mean, that's... That's like rinse, wash, and repeat, right? Or wash, rinse, repeat, if we can do that. You can't rinse first and then wash. Well, you could. You should rinse and then wash and then rinse and then repeat. That's how that should go. <laughs> no matter how broken they are, though, God's word still stands. And at the end of the day, we can trust in God's work in his, in his creation. See, Christian, they're not going to agree with you. They're not going to love you. They're not even going to like you most of the time. But at the end of the day, who cares? Yeah. Who, I,
2: who, who are you standing before that, at I that have final got, day?
1: Yeah. I have God. I have the foundations he has built. I have the truth that he has given because it is the truth, and I can rest there. So, Christian, do that. Don't be afraid of them. This is the silliness that they give you. This is the best of the best of their arguments. These are the MDs and the, as the Animaniacs once said, the P psychiatrists. And these are the people that are supposed to be giving you the best arguments. They're empty, and they're vain, and they're shallow. Tear them apart. Mock them like they should be. Rest in your foundations and know that at the end of the day, you will stand in God's presence blameless with great joy. Until we meet again, read your Bible. It'll do you good. Bye. Bye.